number of people still that need to hear the gospel. And I hope that that's, that is our heartbeat. I hope that that would be our desire. And uh, we'll turn our Bibles to Joshua chapter 14 this morning. And appreciate the church, just your faithfulness to come today. And again, just uh, want to reiterate just the joy it is to see our church working together, laboring together. Um, wanted to officially welcome my parents. They moved from Sydney. They saw the light. They said, hey, it's better over there. Let's go. And so they've, uh, they drove this week and got here on Thursday evening. So officially, this is their first Sunday with us. So glad that, um, that more of the family's coming. And uh, just glad for how the Lord is um, just continuing to work this week. My wife was able to, able to lead a young lady to the Lord yesterday. So praise the Lord for that, and um, just just love seeing people call on the Lord, and it's a great thing. And this morning we read about a, an interesting character in the Bible by the name of Caleb, and no doubt uh, you've probably, many of you have been inspired by who this person is uh, to the point may, maybe you were named after this man in the Bible, and uh, you see the, really the situation that he, we see him, he's older, he's 85 now. And I appreciate uh, our older folks. I appreciate you if you're, uh, you're in, your, uh, in your senior years and uh, thankful for, for you. And I'll just be honest with you, older, older folks inspire me. They do. And, uh, you know, my Sunday morning isn't really quite complete without a greeting from Dennis Gurnett and just uh, asking me how my week was, and I'm glad for that. And, uh, you know, I love seeing older, older folks who still remain active and fit I remember a couple of years ago, I was with my sister Rena. we went, and my cousin Glenn, who uh, came along with us, we went scouting for a place where we could have our, 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 our youth camp memorial day. We usually had a time after, a week after youth camp to sort of revise and uh, think about all of the decisions that we made, and we went in this particular, um, particular summer day, it was, it was really hot. And we went down, it was to a beach which was called Resolute Beach. And we didn't know why it was called that until we had to climb back up the mountain to, uh, to uh, away from the beach. And so we were climbing up and, you know, it was really hot. And honestly, we weren't that prepared. We didn't bring much water. And so we, were, we, just, we just started to slow down. But my cousin Glenn, he was just, he was very unfit, all right. And he just, he couldn't, he couldn't do it anymore. He started to feel sick. And then right behind us were, were all these older folks, and they started to go past us. And then he thought, you know what, if they could do it, I'm going to do it too. And so he, he figured, you know, just to save himself the embarrassment, he better just suck it up and just keep going, right? And so we, we made it, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for older folks who have a real, still a, still a passion for the Lord. Even in their older years, they, it seems to have not diminished over time, and they just keep pressing on for God. I've, I've, I've just loved to see those who still have a fire for the Lord. Who, and, you know, I, I think personally, even for me, I've always had older friends and, and more than my, my own age group. And there's a sense, I think, of substance through experience that's always been something that's inspired me. Even as I was growing up, I was always close to my grandfather before he passed away, and I was just re remembering him this, this past week as I was preparing this message, and I, he would often share stories of his childhood and, and share stories that he's learned over the years, the, the things that he's been able to see, and 
And we could do that because I shared a room with him in, in our, our place over there in Sydney, and he would tell me all these stories about, about things that he learned. And I was always close to my grandfather. I think about men in the ministry. I think about Pastor Richard Hester, who has been a faithful servant, and to just recall just him coming along. And remember, just a couple of years ago, he felt like it was going to be his last time he was going to be able to travel out. And he asked if he could come to Southland, uh, our, our church in Sydney, one last time. And I just felt compelled that he would sign my Bible. And so this, this Bible specialty was my preaching Bible. I only have one signature in here, and it's Pastor Richard Hester, who's well into his 80s, nearly his 90s, still serving. He still remembers my name. He still encourages me. He still has this, uh, this opportunity. Uh, whenever I see him, he always takes the opportunity to encourage me. And it just seems to be his spirit is still to keep going. He, the last time I spoke to him, he said he was trying to write another book. And I just inspired by that, inspired by the fact that he would keep going and try to gain more ground for the Lord. I remember seeing a video years ago. There was a preacher in the U.S. Uh, who at that time was still alive, Dr. Tom Malone, who just was preaching this inspirational message at the ripe old age of 96. He was still storming up uh, the, the, the preaching there. And I remember watching that. It wasn't even the complete message. I just remember getting a soundbite. And I felt like I needed to have an altar call right there. But you know, it was just, just the fact that they would keep going. And really, when we read about this, this scripture here, when we read about the character of Caleb, he was in those older years. He was 85. And, you know, he was one of two spies, as we know, that came back with a good report of the promised land. His name, his name simply means capable. He came really from a lineage of those that battled. He's the son of Jephunneh, whose name means for whom a way is prepared. And Caleb was a warrior that came from a family of warriors. And I think, again, inspiring to, inspiring to me because here he was at 85. Here he was, someone that probably we could have given a pass to say, well, if he just wanted to settle and just do sort of just nothing... This man would be it. I mean, look at all that he's already achieved. Look at all of the things that he's already done for the nation. He was a two, one of the two spies that actually said, no, we, can, we are well able to go. He, he was the, one of those that God allowed to enter into the promised land, even though he was of that generation. We see that he was one who wholly followed God with his life. And if we could say, if, if there's anyone that we could say, look, it's time to take a break, it would be this man. Caleb at 85. But you know what, what is interesting in this story to me is that that wasn't actually his attitude. What his attitude was, as he looked at his stage of life, as he looked at what was still to be done, his attitude was this, give me this mountain. He still an, had an attitude that there's still much to do for the Lord. And what inspires me about Caleb is his spirit to claim things from God despite his age. The heart that Caleb had to pursue those things for God, it, it inspires me. And we, I want to say to you this morning as we think about where we're at, and you may not be 85, but you might look at your life and you might think, well, is there more to do? I want to tell you that the, a good spirit and attitude that we can learn from Caleb is that, yes, there is. That there's still much more to do for the Lord. 
That regardless of the fact that we're here right now and we, regardless of the fact that we see the, the world around us the way it is and how, how, how there's still things that, that are in opposition to the things of God, I hope that we would have the spirit and heart of Caleb to say, give me this mountain. That we would keep pressing on. That we would keep looking forward to what more we can do for God. And what we're seeing today, though, is a Christianity that at times is daunted by the task at hand. You know, we've been talking about big things in the last, last month. We've been talking about a world that needs to be won. We've been talking about countries that still, to this day, have never heard. And if you ever take an opportunity, perhaps, to look at some of these countries in that 1040 region and, and even just pinpoint some of those that don't even have their Bibles translated into their native tongue, and that, that ought to move you. That ought to make you concerned about the, the need, the call that we have to just keep pressing on. But so often... So often the response is the opposite. We're daunted by it. We, uh, as a, a Christianity, that's, we have a Christianity at times that's retreating and, and excusing themselves because of the difficulties that can arise in a culture that's more and more unfriendly to Christianity. We see at times the weariness of the daily grind that causes, I think, many Christians just to stumble and become ineffective in, in gaining ground for the Lord when it's most needed. What we fail to mention, though, is that we've been given a task that isn't impossible, it's just difficult. And what Caleb asked, it wasn't impossible, it was just difficult. Yet Caleb pressed on anyway, and his mindset was one of go forward. And I wonder if we would just just adopt that mentality, adopt that heart today. I hope that this would be a time where we just we awaken to the fact that there's still a need. And, and really, I want to ask this question this morning. What was the foundation of this mindset, of this perspective, this spirit that Caleb had? What was the core of Caleb's mindset that we can glean from and hopefully be reminded about because these are true of our lives as well? And I think God's going to elaborate for us what, what this is and hopefully we can observe it. And then apply it into our lives. And I want you to know, firstly, what, what, what those core things were in, in Caleb's life. Firstly, it just, it just was courage. Just was courage that was centered on God's promises. Look at verses 6 to 8 again. So here Caleb comes with the children of Judah whom he belonged to. And he goes and he asks a question of Moses. He says, here thou knowest the thing, in verse 6, that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. So he's, he's come to ask a question, and he now reiterates, he says, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy God. You know, Caleb was recalling the time when he and Joshua went to spy out the land, and he was saying that when they came back, there were those ten spies that made a bad report of the land. They, they looked at the giants. They looked at all of the fortified cities. They looked at all of the, the, the negative and the things, the excuses that they could have made not to do it. And Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit. Because of that, Moses made a promise 
to, to Caleb that wherever your feet were, that's going to be your inheritance. And evidently, this was this, uh, this, this place here, this mountain Hebron. And he was, he was looking at this place. He was saying, that's the place I, I'm looking at. And, and what it was, it was a promise to him. And he had courage to go and even ask the question, because in the first place, it was based on God's promise. He was courageous because of the fact that there was something, something more substantial than his own desire. There was something more substantial than his own circumstance. There was something more substantial than his personal agenda to give him courage. It was not just a pipe dream. No, this was a promise made to him through Moses from God. This was something that was given him, and it was a courage based on truth. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, he says, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. So that was something declared to Caleb about the fact that he was going to go into the promised land, but now his seed or his family was going to possess that piece of land. And this was courage based on truth. And, you know, Caleb's courage came from the truth that, 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 that came from God's promises to him. And, you know, oftentimes I think about the, the, the need of, of missionaries all around the world. I think about the, the different fields, how, how often they can also be dangerous fields. How often those fields can, can mean that there's a risk to life and limb. And we look at all of that and, and many times we weigh that all up, don't we? Should we go? Well, we weigh it all up, whether we can do that. And you know what it takes for someone to go to those places is courage, but not courage that's full-hearted, courage that's based on truth. Courage based on the fact that, that God says we can, that God has given us this commission to go. And, you know, maybe it could just be that, that God may not be calling you to another field, but might just be calling you to your next-door neighbor might just be someone that, that God's trying to help you reach. And it could just be it takes some courage. And I want to tell you that it's not based on your skill. It's not based on you. It's based on what God has promised. He said that he's not slack concerning his promise that all shall come to repentance. When you go to speak to someone, it's not in your own strength and power. It's not in your own ability. It's not because it's a dream for you. It's not because you have some personal agenda. It should be. Based, this courage should be based on the truth of God's word. And what we find is our courage ought to be centered on God's word and what he's promised to us. Peter, when he went and he was in the middle of the storm, he looked and he saw that spirit coming and he asked simply this question, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. Peter often, when, 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 when he was in doubt, he would look at and he would say things like, nevertheless, at thy word. And many times God might be calling us to a place where we're going ahead, going forward. And, you know, all of those times, they can be uncomfortable. All unknowns are uncomfortable. When we're going forward and we're seeking more from the Lord, that can be. But, you know, it's going to take courage based on truth at his word. And Caleb understood that he was what he was getting into. He was going to get into more fighting. He recognized the Anakims are still there. Those were the giants of the land. Those were the ones that hindered even his, uh, his fellow spies to have the faith to go. And Caleb understood what he was getting into. This was a time of possessing. And there was more battle to come. And yet he understood God's promise that he would, that he will possess that land. 
And God's promise to him was enough to give him courage for what was to come. What will it take you? Do you want other guarantees? Do you want a, a, a way, a, a paved way for you to get into what you're supposed to do for God? And God's promises, I'm saying, God's promise should be enough. God's promises should be enough for us to just continue on. And, and what we need today, we need God's people who have courage based on truth, not trends, not the time. You know, God's word is an unchanging word. Do you believe that this morning? And God's word is enough. And it needs to be a courage, though, based on not only that, but consistency. You see, the thing about Caleb's courage on truth was this. He had seen it before. Go back to look at Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, he refers to this event. So let's, re- let's revisit it. Look at verse 26. Notice this. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And brought back word unto them and to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Verse 27, And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, and every other ites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And, and we see that. We, they were all, you can see this snowballing. The, the other spies were just going in list upon list upon list of reasons why they couldn't do it. And Caleb had to still the people. He had to still them before Moses and he declares that, we are well able. But the men, verse 31, went up with him and said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched. And they go on and, and they spoke about the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And then notice their perspective. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, as so we were in their sight. And later on, we won't take the time, but but in chapter 14, we see Caleb and Joshua argue back and say, look, as the Lord said, we are well able. You know why they knew that? Because it was the promised land. It was already promised. It was already something that God had already said, you are going to possess it. And so they went in that strength. They went with that mindset. It wasn't as if, no, they just had a better idea. They had a better technique. They had a better method. No, it, the, the fact that they had the courage was based on the fact that they knew the word, they knew the truth. And Caleb here, later in life now, all these years later as an 85-year-old, he just had the same courage. He had the same courage. It was based on consistency, a consistency of the truth of God's word, a consistency of his experience in, in applying the promises of God. And Caleb was the one that spoke up and he was consistent and therefore he was able to be courageous. You know, I think sometimes we can, we, can, we can approach the promises of God not, not based on the fact that it's His promises, but based on whether we think it applies or we think that it's still, it still it applies to a particular challenge or particular situation. 
And yet so often what we just need to do is remind ourselves, hey, it worked before. Hey, God, God was faithful before. Hey, God got us through this before. And there's no reason why God can't do it again. And Caleb had that mindset. And here Caleb was in the land that he had spoken about in Barnea. Here he was seeking what he knew only by faith before, the occupation of the land. And now he was seeing it with his own eyes. And the fact that God had brought him through the wilderness and he's now in this very land that God promised it was enough for Caleb to draw courage from. And, you know, some of you, you were clinging on to the promises of God previously and the only reason you're sitting here is because he was true to his promise. And then we come up with maybe a, another, another thing to press us forward or another challenge. And, and how often do we quickly then go, well, can God do it? Hey, just remind yourself. Just remind yourself how consistent God is. Just remind yourself, just, just apply it again. You be consistent in that. And what promises has God fulfilled in your life that brought you to this place today? And what promises has God consistently met uh, to show you that He will keep His word? You know, I, I love the, the chapter in 2 Peter chapter 1. He reminds us in verse 4, "...whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises." Are they precious to you? That, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He says in Isaiah 46.10, "...declaring the end from the beginning." And from ancient times, the things that are yet not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. You know, He keeps His promises. And we can, we can have courage because we have a God that we serve, that we have a God who keeps His promises. We have a God when He speaks, it will get done. And we have a God that produced for us and preserved for us the Word of God that we can come to in times when we are looking ahead and we're seeing some of the challenges that will take place. And, and I remember many times, uh, even as a, as a young man, in the, uh, getting ready for marriage and getting ready for a family, how many times I went to His Word and looked at His promises to guide me through and to keep me going forward. You know, it takes that kind of courage to have the mindset of just press forward, give me this mountain. But then not only that, I think Joshua understood something here. Uh, sorry, Caleb understood something here. And notice verses 9 to 11. Go back to Joshua chapter 14. Look at verse 9. So he, again, he reminds him that it was Moses that, that, that gave that promise by God. Verse 10, and now behold, the Lord, notice this, hath kept me alive, as he said. These forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He recognizes, verse 11, as yet I am strong, as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And that's an amazing statement that Caleb made. Hey, how, how many of you wish you were, you were just as strong as you were back then, all right? We all do. I'm putting my hand up now. But, but we see that, that he was declaring this. But he understood something that we, we read there in verse 10. It says, the Lord hath kept me alive. You know what it was? Why, why Caleb had just this determination to just keep pressing forward? Why it was that he just wasn't resting on his laurels? Why it was that he just wasn't watching someone else? sort of gain the ground, possess the land. You know why? Because he understood that each day, each day was from the Lord. 
you know what? It was his continuance. He understood his continuing was based on God's preservation of him. And Caleb made a point to note that 40 years had passed, 45 years, and his longevity here, as he sees it, was due to the Lord. I think if we were all here willing to admit, I think we all would like to live for as long as possible. We do things for health's sake to be able to preserve ourselves. You know, I think God would have it that way. In fact, even in this, God promises long life to those who would be obedient. So we see that life is a reward, isn't it? Long life is a reward. The, the health industry rakes in billions and billions with new fads and new vitamins and new this and that. And so there's a, there's a mindset in us that we want to keep going. But you know what we forget sometimes? We forget sometimes that the reason we wake up each day is because the Lord gave us that day. We'll look at, well, I'm healthy. We'll look at, well, it's just I went to sleep and I woke up. And sometimes we can just take it for granted that we just woke up. And yet what Caleb understood as he evaluated this time was that it was the Lord. It was the Lord that kept him alive. And I'm saying God gave him those years. He said, the Lord that kept me alive 40 and 5 years. You know, each second, you know, each, mo each minute, each hour, each day, each week, each month, each year. Can I remind you this morning, it's all because of the Lord. All of that, life and death is in his hands. And he's allowed it. Hey, listen, the, the reason why you woke up this morning, the reason why you're able to in your own power, the reason why you're able to be here seated and listening is because the Lord decided to keep you alive. And the Lord gave you that. The Lord gifted you this moment, this day. And in Lamentations 3.22, the, the Word of God simply says this, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. Hey, listen, His compassions fail not. And you woke up this morning because of His mercy, you're not consumed. And you ought to be thankful, and you ought to have the mindset, well, we are to be steward, stewards of this day that God's given us. And Caleb understood that this wasn't, a life that was his to live. This wasn't just a life that he had and now he could sort of just rest on that. No, he understood that, that this day was from the Lord. That his life and all these years that God had given him, it was to be given back to God. And the psalmist said in Psalm 39 verses 4 to 5, Lord, make me to know mine end. And the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. You know, we're frail. We're only always a heartbeat, a breath away from eternity. And behold, thou hast made my days as an hand breath. And mine ages as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And he understood that. You know, I think it would be, do us good to just understand that the, the reason why God has given us the, the reason why you even live today is because of God. And how much more then should our days be precious to us? How much more then should we just have the mindset, well, if God's given me this day, then I, I better ask Him what I should spend my day on. You know, Caleb didn't just sort of sit around and Caleb didn't just sort of go, well, it's another day and he just sort of watched life happen 
and watched life pass him by. No, Caleb then said, look, I'm going to do what God has given me to do. Uh, he, he went up to, to, Mo, uh, to Joshua there and he says, give me this mountain. And, and it was this question he had asked. Why? Because his mindset was, well, I'm still strong. And by the way, not only does God give you the, the years, he gives you the strength. And he says that as yet as I am th- strong this day, but the, what w- that was contingent on was that the Lord had kept him alive. And, and so he gives, he has this strength and, you know, days aren't just lived. We're given strength for the day to live. We're, we're to be stewards of that too. In Isaiah chapter 40 verses 29 to 31, he giveth power to the faint. Are you feeling faint? He's the one that gives you power. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. He says, even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Hey, listen, you want to have the kind of strength that Caleb had? You've got to wait on the Lord. You've got, you got to lean on him. And you've got to understand that your strength actually... It's not just the years, it's the energy to live. The vitality each day, it's from the Lord. Hey, we ought to be thankful today, not just for the time He's given us, but the strength that He gives us. But I wonder, what, what do we use the strength, our strengths for? What do we use when God strengthens us? What do we use it for? Do we just use it for our own, our, our own needs? Do we use it to to sort of just better ourselves, or do we use it to attain something? Because Caleb's attitude was, well, God's given me the strength, therefore I'm going to go out to war. He says he wanted to attain more for the Lord. He saw, and you know, this wasn't just simply a mountain. This was what God had for them. They had to occupy the land. This was part of the deal, that they were to enter in by his promises and he was just going to go in and they were going to need to occupy the land. They would need to overtake those inhabitants. And this was something they were saying, you know, I'm going to use my strength for to attain these things for the Lord, to fight some needful battles for the Lord. And Caleb understood the assignment. The job wasn't done. The, the, the land still had to be possessed. The land still had to be occupied. And if he could go and, find, and, 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 and take that mountain, then this was going to go further in what God had already given them to do. He saw the land as God's promise for his life and, and God's work yet to be accomplished. And he understood that in order to see the promises of God fulfilled, he had to fight the good fight. He had to be the conqueror. He had to go in and gain the territory. And, and he, he says it, he goes he, in verse 11, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. You know, it wasn't just, well, I'm just going to sit and thank you, Lord, for the strength. I can enjoy my life now. No, he said, no, I'm going to get back up. And yeah, others can war the warfare, but I'm going to war the warfare. And you know, there's this spiritual warfare that we have today. We understand that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, we understand that the Bible calls us to war a good warfare. And we are to be good soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we understand then that in, in just like any other battle, that there's a weariness that comes to that. That there's some effort that comes in that way. There needs to be some resilience. There needs to be some resolution in our, in our backbone. There needs to be a hardness to endure. But all of that requires strength. And how, how, how often we waste our strength on other pursuits 
You know, I, I'm amazed at the discipline of man. You look at the, the, the pursuits of the world, and, and it is we benefit from it at times. We, we marvel at, at people's endurance over the course of their lives to achieve corruptible crowns, to achieve things that are temporal. And I'm not diminishing that. Those are wonderful achievements. But in comparison to eternity and things for eternity, they, they, they weigh far less. They're, actually, they're, they're really nothing in comparison to eternity. And whilst we might congratulate each other for those kind of endurances in our lives, perseverance, how much more should we persevere in the strength that God has given us? How much more should we have the mindset, you know, God's given me this day. God's given me the strength. How much more can I do for Him? How much more can I work for Him? How much more can I labor for Him? Hey, our church is, 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 is in need of volunteers. Hey, our church needs to come together and do this thing. And I'm going to be part of that. God's given me this day. And I'm not going to just go ahead and just think about myself. I'm going to think about what God might have for me to do. And we ought to have that mindset. And Caleb, he understood his continuance was based on the fact that God gave him the years and God gave him strength. But then notice with me his, the, the last core thing that, that, that Caleb had, why he had the mindset of just, I'm going to give me this mountain. Notice verses 12 to 13. It says, Now therefore, because of all of these, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. And notice this in verse, uh, as he continues, he says there's the Anakims are still there. There's still the, the challenge. It's not like this is going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be easy. Notice what he says there in verse 12. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall, I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him. And notice the, the last thing as we, we consider Caleb. You know, he had a commitment to do this. This, this really wasn't a question more than a, more than a declaration, give me this mountain. It was a commitment really founded on, on his understanding that God will be with him. That, that it was founded on God's presence. You know, this request to Joshua, it wasn't because it was already in possession. It was because it still needed to get done. But Caleb, Caleb's forward attitude, it was a commitment that was assured by God's presence you know, uh, one of my life verses in Joshua 1.9, go, go there with me. Joshua 1.9. And read that with me in verse 9. It says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why? For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, I've always been told that, that you and God make the majority. <laughs> and listen, if you just had God, you know, we, we look at the challenges today. We, we, we've, again, we've talked about the need of the world. But you might have a need. Maybe there's something that God has placed in your heart that you're supposed to move forward in. And, and you're daunted by the task. You look at that and you go, wow, that, that's really impossible. That's really, really difficult. I'll tell you, all you need, you need the promises of God. You need a recognition that actually God is with you. Is God with you? Is God, is God in, in your journey? Is God in your life? And we understand that, that firstly, we ought to be saved. 
there ought to be a point in your life where you're called on the, the Lord Jesus to save you. I'm glad that he looked at, Jesus looked at his mountain, Mount Calvary, and he pressed on, right? Consider him. We ought to look at Christ and look at what he's done. But, but this, this man, Caleb, he understood that he was going to do this because he was going to have the presence of God with him. And he had that confidence in this was the overarching premise by which they were to commit themselves to the task. And you know how it is. You know, you, you go with your children and you ask them to do something. I've got young kids and they often will, will say, you know how it is, right before bedtime, what do they want? Can I have some water? Right? They had like an hour before, but they decide five minutes before bedtime, can I get some water? And so we'll go, yep, go ahead. And then, you know, the lights are off downstairs. And so they're, they're a bit fearful. But as soon as my wife or I, one of us, will go, oh, I'll come down with you. Man, the commitment's there, isn't it? <laughs> they're just, they just know we'll be behind them. They know we're with them. And there's an assurance of the fact that we're, they're with us. And listen, we ought to have the same mindset with our Heavenly Father. When God tells us go, when, when God tells us press forward, there ought to be a mindset, well, I'm going to go if you go. I'm, I'm going to go if you're with me. And we ought to desire God's presence in our life to be real. We have the Spirit indwelling us, but we don't uh, always have His fullness. There are times when we grieve Him. There are times when we quench Him. And those are the times when our commitment can so often become diminished. And we need to, we need to seek the Lord. We need to ensure that all of those things are clean before Him. And, you know, it made the accomplishment of this battle, this gaining of this mountain more attainable. He understood the Anakims were there. He understood that the cities were, were, were great and fenced. But then notice his attitude again in verse 12. Then I shall be able, he says. Despite the fact that all of that, and again, based on the promises, based on his preservation, but now it was really based on God's presence. Caleb had the mindset that he was well able to win the battle. Why? Because God was with him. And I want to tell you this, church. We, we, don't, need, we don't need resources. We don't need better programs. We don't need anything. If we have God, we have all we need. If we have God, that's all we need. And we enter into a time, perhaps as a, as, as a, as a church, you know, we're going in and we're, we're, we are, we're, we're we're ministering in times that can be contrary. But I want to tell you, there's more, more for the Lord to do. And if we had God, that's all we need. But you know what? What we see is that, that Joshua blessed him. And it was, a, it, was, it was affirmed in his life with, you know, when God is with us, what God will do is at times he'll use others to affirm, affirm his work in us. Because he started with a question and he got an answer. He, he came with a proposal, give me this mountain, and Joshua blesses him. We see in the life of God's people, Joseph, Job, Paul, all of these, God, God, used, God used them, but he used God's people often to show them where they were heading. And this was Caleb's intent, remember, in the first place, to go see Joshua and get God's will on the matter. This was the affirming of that. Now Joshua was blessing him. And so what I'm saying is our go forward often will need the blessings of God's leaders and counselors. 
And this brings us to a place of greater commitment. You know what that is? It's accountability. Being accountable to one another. I remember, I think about uh, the Apostle Paul in his writing to Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy 4.14, he tells him, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. The, that gift was the calling that, that Timothy had, the laying of the hands. It was the propelling that he needed. And I remember the time when it was my ordination and actually Pastor Shemesh preached my charge. And if you come into my office, I, ha I have my ordination certificate and there's, there's, a, there's a few names there that might be familiar to you. But I, I marvel at, at just God's, God's blessing in that. I, I remember coming away from that time and, and some of the great counsel and advice I got from those men. But uh, the most important thing for me during that time was just sitting with them and saying, you know what, you can do this. You, you, can, you can, if you would just be with God, if you would just trust God, you can just keep going. You know, by the grace of God, there's been gain, gain, uh, ground gained for the Lord over the years. I'm thankful for that in my life. I'm thankful for those that despite the season that they're in, that they'll just continue to keep going forward despite the difficulties and the challenges on hand. I'm thankful for the inspiration others who have given me, who pressed on for the Lord despite how daunting the task may be. Most of all, I'm thankful that we do so with God's promises. We do so because God's preserving is faithful and God's presence is with us. And you know what we have when we have those? We have God's power. And as we get into this time, we're asking God, as we get into our conference time and then beyond that, I think God has much more for us, church. I think if we shouldn't just rest. We should just keep laboring for the Lord. And I think we ought to dream a little bit bigger for God. I think we ought to ask God for, for more. I think as we see mountains, we should go, Lord, give me this mountain. And, and it might be in your life that you're asking God to do something more. I want to tell you, don't fear. Because God's with you. Don't fear because He's got His promises that you can rely on. Don't fear because he's giving you another day. Which means this, he's still got more for you to do. And so I want to encourage you, church. You know, there's, there's, let's press on. Let, let's do more for the Lord. Let's conquer more for Christ. And, and let's not just rest on what was. Let's look ahead on what can be for God. And I believe that, that there's, there's more for us as God's people. You know, as, as, as our church, you know, all of us here, we offer something for the Lord. And I hope that we would just in our, in our heart of hearts just have, a, have, a, have the spirit of Caleb to say, I want that mountain. Give me this mountain. Help me to keep going for you, Lord. And, and maybe you are later in your age. Maybe you are in some ways feeling weary. I want to tell you, we need you to keep going. Some of you mums and dads, you just, you, sometimes you just go day to day and you're just trying to raise those kids for the glory of God. Listen, keep going. Dream bigger, ask more, surrender them and, and seek more. Go through the hardship, go through all of that, and then you'll see, you'll see. You'll see God do something tremendous in your life. You know, he gets, we have, didn't take the time, but he gets, to, he gets to occupy Hebron, and Hebron's a tremendous city. And God does some, some tremendous things on Hebron, but and what I'm saying, you won't get there if you don't simply have the attitude I'm going to press on for God.
Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time that we've had, just, um, Lord, just gleaning in your word, Lord, just different people that you've used. And, and Lord, certainly I think of Caleb. Thank you for his life. Thank you that you chose to preserve, Lord, um, preserve his life in, in this particular situation in history. And now, Lord, all these years now, we, we read and we can, Lord, just be inspired, Lord, then to, to look at his life, to, Lord, apply some of these things that are needful in this day. Father, we don't want to be a, we don't want to be a people that's retreating. We want to be a people that keeps going. We want to be a people, despite the challenges, Lord, and despite all of what's ahead, recognize that there is a God who's faithful to his promises. There is a God who's preserved us, and there is a God whose presence is real in our lives. Help us, Lord, to keep going. We're going to have heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, and we're going to have open.